We're on page Chasvav, and it's the bottom left, second one. Vayeshayachov, etc. Ad Vayishkabamakamahu. Rashi's off. Says in Rashi, Yitziyah Hatzadik. When a tzadik leaves a place, min hamakam, oser roshan, it makes a certain impression. Rashi continues to say that the, the, the splendor and the radiance of that city loses because loses out because the tzadik leaves. So the midrash rabba kibo hashemesh oser shimsha. The midrash says that, and he lie down in that place because the sun was coming. Oso Shimshas, Aramaic of the sun was coming. Shad is that the sun was going down, so Yaakov lie down. Let's try and understand this by means of a Bodhisattvah. Also when it says, and he went to Haran, also, when it says Vayelecharan, it would have been more fitting had the Torah said Lelechas Lecharan. So why does it say Vayelecharan? Those are his questions. Behine. Behine. I'm sorry, could you yeah. look at that? What? He says that maybe grammatically Vayelecharan oh, okay. is not, is a little bit unusual in this context as opposed to it means the same thing when you say it in English and he went to Haran but it's two different ways of saying it in Hebrew and the former he says is a little unusual in this context he doesn't really give us that why? we don't know why right going to right still I don't know that it how much of a change in the pasuk it make it would make? But maybe what Ralph is saying that Malachas Lucharan is more reasonable because he is going to Haran, right? He's going to us as opposed to saying, and he went to Haran when he's really on his way. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so that, I think that I think that makes sense. Vayela Haran is more like he already went there, as opposed to he's in the process of going there. Good. Go ahead, Bechinas Yaakov Avinu Lava Shalom. Hanikra Alshain Viyado Ochezes Ba'akev Esav. Now it says Vayakov, when he and Esav were coming out of Yerfa's womb, <coughs> that his hand was holding on to Esau's heel. And that's how he had the name Yaakov. Yod Ekev, Yod and then a heel. Yodo, what does that mean that Yaakov's hand was on Esau's heel? More al-Bechinas Rishus. The word hand, Yad, it means a person who is able to do something. He has the authority to do something. If you say the koach, I have the koach, in Hebrew you'd say, koach biyadi, it's in my hand. That means you can do it. So yad is a lashon of reshut. Yes. Kiyaduah, 
Ve'esav mora al kol refers to all kinds of physical endeavors and acts. V'zehu v'yado ochezes ba'akev esav. That's what it means that Yaakov's hand was grabbing Esau's heel. Asher kol b'chinas ekev Esau, shemur al b'chinas gashmi. All things represented by Esau's heel, which means the way Esau is planted into the physical world. That's his heel. So what, what advantage does Yaakov have over that? Hu b'rishusa. Yaakov has all that in his rishus in his authority. Yes, Mark? I have a question. If, um, if that's the case, we later found out that uh, Aesop is a great hunter and he walks once and walks around a lot. So my question is, what is it more symbolic that he grabs something else because he, you know, he didn't slow down his footing? Right. Well, the, the idea there is that um, that's just the place where it shows that Aesop is attached and embedded into this world didn't say that he slowed him down. We're talking more about what that means to us, that Yaakov has reshutes, he has control over Esau. But for us, for our own avoda, that's what that idea is supposed to represent. Esau, just move around His hand is like, it's like having him on a leash in a certain way. Like your hand is on somebody, you're going to make sure that they do what... Uh, right. So that's what it means that Yaakov's hand is on Esau's heel. That the power of Yaakov, for us, has control over the power of Esau. Shahamoach shalid al that the mind has control over the heart, Azen Nikra Yaakov. That's the name Yaakov, Yud Ekev. Yud means Chachma, the mind, is over the heel. Yud Morah Bechinas Tzimtzum, below his Pashtus. You take a look at the letter Yud. That's something which is very Mitzumtzum. It's very confined and contained. Yud is just a dot. It hasn't expanded. Kitamunas hayud nakuda below his pashtus orech barocha, like a yud itself, visibly, it's just a dot, and it hasn't been stretched widthwise or lengthwise. It's just a dot. The word yud, um, I don't know. It's an interesting question because it's spelled yud bavdalik. So I don't know. Shabachol bechinas ikvayim. That all those things of ikvayim, which is to say the heels of a person, those things which are very earthy, that the way one tries to conduct their activities in the physical world is that they should be contained within certain boundaries. According to what's necessary to sustain and maintain the body. For the body to be healthy, to serve God. So our body has needs. And if we allow it, it's going to overindulge. 
in the physical world. Yaakov is Yud Akev is taking the Yud, which is confined within boundaries, it's Sadat, and controlling our involvement in the physical world, which he calls the heels of a person. It's kind of like that which digs you in, like you dig in your heels to the physical world. So putting that within boundaries, that's the concept of Yud Akev. The Pasuk says back in Barathees, on the day that God made the earth and the heavens, the Mavur Bazora Kadisham, Malo, I'm sorry, Bazora Kadish, Shame Mole Al Ola Mole. I don't know what the context is, but the Zohar says a full name, I think it means over Hashem, over a full world. The Shamayim Moral Bechinus Gashmius Ubechinus Ruchnius. There's a clause, he says, that when you see that phrase, Eretz the Shamayim, the earth and the heavens, Eretz refers to physicality. Shamayim, heavens, refers to spirituality. So whenever you see that, Eretz the Shamayim, that's what we're talking about. The Shamayim Moral Inyanim Ruchnius. Torah Utfila Ukadome. The word Shamayim, it reflects spiritual endeavors, like learning, like davening, that's Shamayim. The Eretz Mora Alinyanim Gashmi. The word Eretz refers to physical endeavors. Ukasiv Hashamayim, Shamayim Lahashem. Another Pasuk that says, the heavens belong to God. Shamora Al and this is what he's giving his Pshad on. Asher bi'inyanim ruchnim. When a person is involved with spiritual things, sorich lihiyos tamid mosif v'holeh. A person must always endeavor to add and to do greater. When it comes to spirituality, we're looking to expand and expand and expand. Shazer ramus b'shem havaya. That the shem yud ke vav ke refers to that, Shemahaveh Tamid B'cholet. The name yud ke vav is God was, is, and will always be, will be. Hoya Hova V'yihiyah. So that's expansiveness in any direction, in any dimension. That's what that shame reflects. B'chinas Hanosein Layoev Koah. That God gives strength to the weak, to the tired. Ken Tzorich Lihiyos Inyanim Ruchnim B'bechinas Mahaveh. So too, spiritual endeavors must also be more, more being, more mahave. Beholes betosfos veribui. We're trying to become greater and greater. That's spirituality. However, it will be bechinas eretz, but the the land, physicality, shemora inyanim gashmim, referring to physical endeavors. Sorek lihios be bechinas gavul v'tsimsum ad potavot. There, we want to contain. The spirituality, we want it just to go and go. Physicality, we want to contain within boundaries. So one is mosif v'holeh, continually adding, ruchnius. The other is adpo, until here. You don't want that to grow anymore, right? You don't want to be more involved in the physical world. It's going to take you down. Only until here, to keep the body healthy, to earn a living, until there but not further. Yes, Jeff? Oh, no. huh. Oh, rock kefiha hechrech. 
only according to that which is needed. V'zehu b'chinas Yaakov, and that's what Yaakov is. Shemora al b'chinas das hakol ochesed ugevura. Yaakov refers to das, which contains both chesed and gevura. Chesed hu b'chinas hispashtus. Chesed is expansion, outward, more. Ugevura hu b'chinas simtum. Gevura is contained, restraint. Chesed is giving out to another. Gevura is holding back, is restraining. Yaakov contains both, he wants to say. Chesed and Gevura. He spans both midos. The Yaakov Ishtam, Yoshev Oholim. And he says, Yaakov is a complete person. Tam, Yoshev Oholim. Just by the way, you've heard of Rabbeinu Tam. One of the great, one of the greatest Baalei Hatosos. According to some, he was the greatest of all the Baalei Hatosos. He was Rashi's grandson. How did he get the name Rabbeinu Tam? That wasn't his name. His name was Yaakov. So he's called Rabbeinu Tam because he's compared to Yaakov Avinu. He's called Ishtam, a complete whole person dwelling in tents. That was Rabbeinu Tam's real name, was Yaakov. And he was given that name because of his comparison. They compared him to Yaakov and Yaakov. Just a little tidbit on the side, so I might want to know. I think so, yeah. yeah. So, so, so his brothers who were probably close to the right. Rhymed with that. And the Rajpan. Right. <laughs> Right. Very nice. And he says he's gonna say a similar thing, not quite the same as that thought that Avi mentioned. So it says Yoshev Ohalim he dwells in tents, plural. Why not Yoshev Ohel? Why Ohalim? Beis Bechinus Oh, there are two tents that a person has to live in in the world. Rufnius Vigashmius. We have a spiritual existence and we have a physical existence. Oh, Well, they're talking about Zatay Kinesios and Zatay Midrashos. Shabbavur Haborei Borofusai. Yeah, Torah Utfila. I think that probably should be Shabbat. Shabbat. I think it might be Shabbat. What is Shabbat? Torah Utsila. Hubi Bethinus Hesed Behis Pash. No, Shabbat. On account, on account of God, when a person is doing his avoda to serve God with learning and with davening, that's Hesed. We're trying to expand, to become bigger. The Tosfos Veribui but when it comes to physicality, a person there is contained within boundaries. So it's a little similar, Avi, that he's saying Yaakov Avinu represents both. It's the expansiveness when it comes to Torah, and it's the knowledge of boundaries when it comes to the physical world. And he was Ohalim, he knew how to handle both. He was a complete whole person. 
והנה באמת התנהגו סועדם בענייני הארציות ובכינס בכל דרכיך דאהו But now, in truth, the way a person conducts himself in the physical world is an extension, or is part of the concept of Bechol Derachecha De'ehu. We should know God in all our ways. No matter what we're doing, we should know God. Toli ba'avodaso be'emes b'torah utfila. But it's dependent on how we do in our learning and in our davening. When a person is awakened in their heart, like when a person studies Torah, or when they are involved intensely in davening, the word tefila is a lashon of davekus. Kaliyoi says that many times when Naphtali is named, Naphtule Elohim Nistalti in this parsha. It's a lesson of closeness to God. And the word tefillah is related to the word naftali. And naftali is which number? Uh, five. Don, naftali, right after? Don Asher six. After Yehuda, there was Don and then naftali. He was the sixth one born. The sixth one born. Uh-huh. Okay. He was born to uh, Zilpah. I'm sorry, to Bilhah. Leah, uh, Rachel, Shilpah. That Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda were born to Leah. Okay. Then Rachel gave her Shivcha Bila to Yaakov, and she gave birth to Don and Naphtali. Right. He was a sixth. So that awakening that we experienced in davening, what we would like to happen, is that its impression remains with us the rest of the day. Not just that, okay, davening, I'm out there in the world, two separate things. We'd like it to be really the same, an extension of that, what we accomplished in davening to remain with us. So that when we do have to become involved in the world in physical activities, that we will remember, the and take it to heart, the desire, the yearning, that we had during the davening, when we had an illuminated mind, and when the inner point of our heart became opened up. Right, guys? It just occurred to me that perhaps to make this lamaisa for us, we should have kavana in davening, that we should have those kinds of mocha when we do this Right? Right. <laughs> it's not usually for me. It's not that far after right, right? right. And pretty close. That's that's the most dramatic decline right. of the day. <laughs> so now he says this. This is a concept that he says many times in the Peliolites that we're striving to take what we accomplished in davening into the world. Now he said he he puts a kind of a specific. Um, insight onto it, which is to cool down the heat of our desires when we're involved with the physical world. That there's just a certain kind of passion and extension into the world that people get into. He says, and the way to contain that is by going back 
to what you recognize during davening. So that will hold us back, to one extent or another, from becoming too passionate or over-involved with the Gashmiyastik world. Because we'll remember that our real purpose here has to do with coming close to God. And it's so easy to get overextended. Yes, sir? Uh, well, I can wait. No, go ahead. Um, actually, you and I have discussed that before, and it's... Um, isn't it uh, appropriate for me sometimes to uh, be that passionate about I call work or, or whatnot, or that passionate about uh, an act of uh, whatever principle you're doing and, and whatnot, but we're in this world. Um, there's a bit of a contradiction there, I think. You know, we're not we're not dominating, but you know, to do a mitzvah with that kind of passion forever, or we to uh, you know, to understand that uh, you know, if I'm if I'm making something. It's I mean, if a person's uh, physical involvement is such that they see themselves serving Hashem, let's say in your field, making a beautiful piece out of wood, and then the passion is that this is your way of serving Hashem, that's a different expression, a different thing than what he's referring to, because he's referring to about getting into the world and being apart from God as a result of it. And that's where we shouldn't be passionate. If we have to, you know, go to the store and buy some stuff, so you do it, you get what you need, make sure that, that it's good, good. But we don't put our heart into it. But it could be, depending on what your work is, that you may have your heart in your work. And if you have your heart in your work and, you, and you're really trying to direct it toward Avodah Hashem, that's a very appropriate place for passion to be. Now, some people don't have their heart in their work. A lot of people. For them, work is what they do to make a living. So, it's a means. So, you got to be honest and have integrity and dignity and do a good job. You can do all that. But as far as passionate, for a lot of people, that's not going to work. Now, they're not passionate about what they do. They're going to do a good job, but they're going to keep their passion in Torah and feeling. So maybe not work, it but depends. how about the performance of any mitzvah? So th- there would be a, a beautiful place to be passionate in the performance of a mitzvah. Now, I, I say this somewhat with some, I, it's a delicate point because even if a person isn't passionate about their work, it's still our responsibility to do an darn good job. We can't go into the world and just do a, you know, a, a schlocky job because it's not, I'm, not ser- I'm not doing a mitzvah right now. Part of serving Hashem is to do a good job in the world and be responsible about it. If a person wants to be passionate about that, that's fine. If they want to be passionate about being honest in the marketplace, great. We need more people like that. Yes, wow. What about, interestingly, some of us have been involved in the last month in the political realm of things. Right. It's a very tricky subject because Very. 
Uh, uh, I won't go into any particulars, but the thing is, because there were a lot of emotions on both sides, and while I do see uh, people in the room who are involved in this, I do try to test the thing representatory perspective and all that. What are, do you set any, are there any special guidelines or parameters and all that? Because it continues, not just election, but it's on every different level, you know what I mean? Uh, a couple, of, a couple of things. One is that people have to remember that no matter which candidate they're voting for, none of them have a Torah perspective. None. We're not out there voting for, you know, the, uh, the head of the Sanhedrin, nor would we have the right. Uh, these are these are political candidates in the system who may have some values that overlap with ours may have some leadership qualities that were what we seek and that we desire and hopefully will be decent human beings and lead a good job. And and to that extent, we'd like to support the candidate that we feel is the best. But what I see sometimes is that people start to attach qualities to a political leader uh, in the same way that they do it to a religious leader. And I think that's a big mistake because they're politicians, they're not tzaddikim. And we look to them to be honest and to have integrity. And we saw what happened in the presidency the last time around where you had someone who, who had a lot of moral problems and the, the way that demoralized the country. And having a president who, at least we believe, uh, seems to be a very moral person right now, that's a wonderful thing, very wonderful thing. But. We have to keep it in that realm that these are political leaders and not, not attach those qualities to them of, that we would to a Torah leader. I mean, there were big controversies, you know, historically amongst Jewish leaders about which leaders to support. When Napoleon was around, there was a big machlokas amongst <coughs> the Gole Hador, whether to support him or not, a very big machlokas, because some thought it would be better for the Jews, because it would release them from certain persecutions. Others thought it would be horrible for the Jews, because it represented a new liberal, not political, but a liberal, uh, more free, a lifestyle that would really be devastating for the life the Jewish people had maintained until that point. Big, a very big my focus. And, and all the way back to whether or not uh, you know, we were supporting Rome or not. The Chachamim were not in, were not in favor of rebelling against, rebelling against Rome. And hey, th those were not moral people, <laughs> you know, but they did not feel rebellion was uh, appropriate. So for modern times, just because the candidate is a bush doesn't mean it's a burning bush. Yes, <laughs> he couldn't resist. He just couldn't resist. <laughs> I got all these extra. <laughs> we know it was kind. <laughs> that's just one thought on that, Mark. There are many thoughts, but that's one. Okay. Okay. Now let's see. Where are we? Uh, Thank you. Yaakov left Be'er That refers to spirituality, spiritual things. 
Bechinas Be'er Mayim Chaim, because the word Be'er is usually a, a clue that there's something roughly is happening, a well. Kasher Ha'adam Yotseimi Bechinas Ha'avdus Betor Utfila Vayela Haran. When a person leaves Be'er Shava, when they take leave of the, what I'm going to call direct and obvious spiritual pursuit of davening and learning. And he takes leave of that. The whole, and then he goes to Choron, Vayelech Choronim, Vaholech La'asos Tzorachav Hagashmi, none of Hagashmi. And he goes now to take care of his physical needs. Shalzeh Mora Loshon Chorona, Miloshon Choron Af. Loshon of anger. Now I'm not quite sure what he means. Does he mean like, you have to do it, but you're angry about it, you know, you got to get involved in the physical world, you have no choice. I'm not sure if that's what he means. Right. So I'm not sure if that's what he means. Let me, let me just read one more line. Umar alanu hatara hakadosha heyach yuchal ha'adam lahagia lebechinas b'chol d'rafecha de'ehu l'kadesh atmo b'mutshalo How could a person reach this point of serving God in all things that they do, the Zehu that's the next phrase, he met up with the place, Ein Pigia Ela means he davin. So, when Yaakov leaves Be'er the Jewish people have to get up from the base Midrash or from the Shul, and they have to go out into the physical world, make sure that you're always touching Lashon Vayifka, the davening that you had that morning. Make sure you maintain contact. It's like your anchor that uh, you daven in the morning. Huh? One of the thoughts that I had in um, connection with something else I was learning on this same idea, the, the idea of Yele Harana, is that um, the fundamental nature of, of you know work in the world is sort of a competition for resources. You know, competition for resources. As long as there's a competitive dimension, it's it's the the groundwork for for uh, one person gets the other doesn't. Um, one person rises the other. It's it's just a setup for anger. Very good, very good point. This is an interesting gematria. It took me a little while to figure it out. Umakom gematria havaya has that. The word makom place has the same gematria as the same shame yud k vav k in this way. Now yud k vav k equals 26. Makom equals 186. It's not the same gematria, right? But this is how it is. Yud pa'amim yud kuf. You take the word, the letter yud from yud k vav k and you multiply it by itself. 10 times 10 is 100. Hey pa'amim hey. Then you take the next letter, hey, and multiply it by itself five times. Five times five. That's 25. And this okay. is considered the most expansive uh, uh, computation of the right. right, right. I think so. Vav pa'amim vav. Then you take six times six, lamad vav. That's 36. Hey pa'amim hey. Five times hey. Again, that's 25 plus hey. If you add that up together, it's 186. So yud k vav k in that kind of gematria, this is not playing games, but there's some kind of significance to that, which I don't know enough to say what it is. 
שצורך להגיע בתפילה לבחינת דבקוס להוויה בורכו. That in our davening, what we're trying to reach is closeness to God. Shehu makomo shalolam. God is the place of the world. V'chein be'es asako b'Torah oraisa v'kudsha b'richu kulochad. Likewise, when we study Torah. So, you know, people would say a lot about what davening means. I have to ask for what I need. I need to pray with Hashem. I think he's trying to bring across here that fundamentally tefillah is establishing closeness with God. And all the words and the structures and the bakashas and the phrases that we say, it's all centered around that one you so trying to get close. The same thing with Torah too. That the method is different in Torah than it is with tefillah, but we're trying to get close. Thank you. Mark? Go ahead, you gotta go, if you if you find two Eden, that's good. I think we need food. If you see two Eden out there, bring them on up. We'll dive them. If not, no problem. It's a ton of salt. It's a ton of salt. I have to go too if he doesn't. Okay. What time do we got? There's about a minute left. I'll take one more line. Bayolin Shum, and then he slept there. Kashir Boha Adam Libachina Lina. When a person comes to sleep, Shahu Indian Hispalku Samothan. That means literally when we lose our mind. <laughs> it means when that expansive state of davening departs us. Shahu Akar Hatsila, meaning when davening is over. Shabola Sosturacha Binyane Haguf, and we have to get involved in the physical world. We want that to stay with us. Now he says that the setting of the sun, and I'm, I don't really quite get it in the lecture, represents the impression that davening makes in our heart going down into it, maybe. Really not quite sure. But that's it. Yeah, shokua is to is to go down and to be sunk into something. Yeah, that, that's the modern the modern word. Uh-huh. Like get, getting invested into your heart. Yeah.